0: I'm Melinda Hamelgarn, a registered dietitian and investigative nutritionist on a mission to connect the dots between food, health, and agriculture and find food truth. And today I am delighted to welcome my guest, Mr. Brad Rubendale. He is the CEO of So All May Eat and The Same Cafe, with locations thus far in both Denver, Colorado and Toledo, Ohio. SAME stands for So All May Eat, and the nonprofit has a mission to create community through healthy food access. Mr. Rubendale has a bachelor's degree in psychology and criminology from Missouri State University. He has a master of divinity from Denver Seminary and a graduate certificate in nonprofit management from the University of Colorado, Denver. He has worked with Urban Peak, which is an organization that helps youth exit homelessness. And he has worked as a youth pastor. Welcome, Brad. Thank you. Before we dive into what makes the same cafe unique, how did you find yourself working with food and this particular cafe?
1: That's a great question. And I'll preface it by saying I have a very unusual life. And as you heard there, I have a bit of a background in the religious world. So I was a pastor for many years, and I got fired and excommunicated when I came out as gay. And I experienced homelessness right after that because I'd lost my entire support network, including my housing and job And I ended up going to same cafe as a guest when I experienced homelessness. And so I went in there and the reason I went, I'd heard about it before. And I went in there because I knew that I could go in and no one would ask me for my story in order to get access to food. And I've always needed a lot of food guidance because I have low blood sugar, hypoglycemia. And so I have to eat every few hours or I get really sick. And I need to eat well because diabetes and hypertension and high blood pressure all run in my family. And so if I don't eat well, I will end up with diabetes. And so I went to Saint cafe as a guest and it saved my life, to be perfectly honest. And then it saved my life the second time when I had this incredible full circle moment after getting my feet back under me in the nonprofit world through court appointed special advocates and Urban Peak and some other nonprofits. And I was selected as the executive director to take over from the founders. and. I have to tell you, it happened in 2017, about six months after the election of 2016. And I needed to believe in humanity again. And so it saved my life the second time when I took over as the executive director, now CEO of the national organization. And we've been growing ever since then. So the short answer to your question is, is I never saw myself working in food. I fell into it because it saved my life. And now I get to create space for other people to have that same experience.
0: Well, it's a remarkable story. And this is a remarkable cafe. And just so our listeners know, the cafe opened in Denver on October 20th in 2006. It was founded by a couple, Brad and Libby Berkey. This couple had sunk their entire savings into the dream of a place where people from every background could eat a healthy meal, served with dignity and be treated with equality. And it is still thriving today. What is the secret to this cafe's success?
1: 17 years later and going strong and replicating now. So there's a few things. First of all, I always say there's something magical that happens at same cafe. And you have to go try it out to see it because it's not a homeless service. It's not just people that are experiencing challenges that are in there. Everyone from every background comes in. We have dairy-free, gluten-free, nut-free options, soy-free options, so that anyone with any kind of food allergy can come in and still receive a delicious, nutritious meal. And so there's something about food that gathers people together. And our mission statement is creating community through healthy food access. So the food is just the mechanism. Our goal is creating connections. And in a world where there's a lot of loneliness and a lot of depression and separation from other people, having a connected space like SAME has legs, as they say. It continues on and people continue to get excited about it. So I think that's one thing It's just it's a really great mission. And the mechanism that we use of food, everyone has to eat and everyone has a relationship to food. The second thing, and I will say Brad and Libby Berkey are two of the most incredible humans that I've ever met. And I have the honor of following in their footsteps as the replacement to them at the Denver Café. And one of the things that really helped it thrive is as founders, they stepped away and they gave it to me. They genuinely separated from it. And in the nonprofit world, most nonprofits die when their founders either retire or leave the organization or pass away. And I think their willingness to say, we trust someone else with this mission and we're going to leave really helped it take on a new Breath of energy and a new way of doing things, including our model of replicating in downtown libraries. But I was able to come in with a fresh set of eyes and say, here's how we might communicate this in a more succinct way to others that aren't familiar with it. And so I was able to hone some of the mission, make it a little more accessible because I wasn't doing it for 11 years. I could bring a little bit of a fresh approach to it. And that's what's allowed it to continue to grow. So I think the founder's vision. The mission itself, both of those together are pretty special.
0: We've got to get into the nuts and bolts of the model. SAME is based on an innovative participation-based model. What does that mean?
1: I think of it as an advancement on the pay-what-you-can model. So pay-what-you-can is great, and there's a lot of places that do that, but it focuses still on money. And it's about the money exchange. And with us, we want to have a participation model. So quick descriptor, you walk into the same cafe, either one of them, and you order off of a menu. And the menu always has options. In Denver, it's two soups, two salads, and two pizzas. Because choice is one of those privileges that usually comes with money. And we want to provide that to everyone who walks in. And then the second place where you get to choose is how you participate for your meal. So there are no prices anywhere in the restaurant. There's just a board that says, At SAME, you participate for your meal and you can either volunteer time, donate what you can, or give produce. Those are the three ways time, money, and produce. And what makes that so unique is that I come from a traditional nonprofit background where we'll go to rich people and say, Here, come and save people with your money, you know? And then we'll have a different message to the clientele to say, Oh, come and receive these services for free. One of the things that is so unique about SAME is it's the only place that I've ever seen where our messaging is the same no matter what your background. And our message is this. Our mission runs on donations of time, money, and produce. What are the resources that you bring to the table? Because let's put that to work towards this beautiful community. And that has been a game changer for me. So that participation model, we do have money exchange, but that's not the focus of it. We just want you to bring whatever resources you have in abundance, and we'll put it to work here at the cafe.
0: Well, you also have an outreach program. You've got a food truck and a cook-to-work job training program, which also leads to more community partnerships and outreach to more neighborhoods beyond the East Colfax location in Denver.
1: Correct. And in the library in Toledo. And so our outreach program is set up specifically to be able to provide meals outside the walls of the cafe or outside the normal hours of the cafe. And originally we had a food truck Sadly, our food truck died about seven months ago. So we've been operating more from a farmer's market setup. We have a little van and we set up a tent and then we're fundraising to buy a new food truck. But we still continue the program. And the idea of it is is that we will do outreach. And that can mean we're serving people that are in need. And in that case, we might donate those meals to people. We might serve another mission-focused organization And so we would do that at cost. So if it's someone who's serving people experiencing homelessness or youth or something like that, we might do an event for them at cost. And then the other is, is it gives us an opportunity to provide catering to people that would pay full price. And that becomes a bit of a revenue driver. You're going to pay a lot for catering. So why not send it to an organization that's doing good in the community? So those are the ways that our outreach program operates. We have three programs, same cafe, outreach, and then cook to work. And Cook to Work is another beautiful innovation that's happened here. While people are volunteering in exchange for their meal, they can go through six modules and learn all of the entry-level skills needed to work in a restaurant. And they do that on their own time as they're volunteering for a meal. So they get a meal and they get training. It also allows us to offer the curriculum to high schools, colleges, potentially even those who want to go into culinary careers and get into a more robust culinary setting. And it's set up as when you come in, you get to choose which module you want to work on. And while you're there, we'll train you. And by being trained in that module, it means that you can train someone else in it. So then another time you come in, you might be asked to train someone else in it. And so it allows the whole kitchen to be both a learning environment and a teaching environment where everyone is entrusted with the skills to be able to teach someone that needs it. And it's created this really cool community environment. And what I like about it too, is that someone doesn't have to show up at same cafe every morning at 8am with a set of knives to be ready to work. It means they can start wherever they are. And it may be for 30 minutes a day while they need food. And then it might be that they commit a little more time to it. And the goal of it is, is to bring people from the chaos of instability to a more stable life. At same, we never insist that anyone does good for themselves, but we invite them. So for instance, when people come back and they want more cookies or pizza, we'll give you seconds, thirds, fourths, and fifths of the salad and the soup and the more vegetable centered things. So we're not saying you only have to eat vegetables, but we are saying that if you want more, then we'd love to give you as much of that. You can come and sit at the individual table. I call them the introvert tables, or you can come and join the community table and get to know some other folks there. You can come and just volunteer, or you could get involved in the cook tour program and actually provide skills that can lead towards paid employment. The whole idea of it is, is we're inviting people into something really beautiful, a community, and hopefully leaving them better than we found them.
0: I love that you have large tables to bring people together so that they can break bread together, hear each other's stories, and maybe erase some of those preconceived notions that we come in with. I believe that was mentioned in one of the short videos that you have, and there was another gentleman who participates in the cafe. And he said, the food is great, but the community is better. So you allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. But I like that you also have the small tables and recognize that there are people who need to eat, but they might not be ready to be around a lot of people in conversation.
1: Absolutely. We do what we call trauma-informed design We want to make sure that the space feels safe and comfortable to everyone, no matter what your background is. Whether you've experienced trauma or institutionalization or any other challenge, we want to make it special and safe. And so I'm a big believer in the spaces that we create around ourselves. The actual physical environment affects how we engage the world. And so we do a lot of things to try to create a community vibe. So for instance, we don't do the industrial chic vibe that is really popular in restaurants right now with metal chairs and exposed brick walls and rafters. And the reason is because someone might have slept under a bridge or against a brick wall, and they don't want to have that be a part of their experience when they're dining. The metal chairs are often used in prisons and in hospitals. And so we want to make sure that what we're providing is warm and welcoming. So that's one layer of it having experienced both sides of that counter by being a person that was in need and then also now creating the space for others that are in need, we try to think carefully about how someone who has experienced long-term homelessness will feel when they walk into the space. What would someone who is a trans person of color, and we'll ask our friends that are in that category, what does it feel like for you to walk into this space? What would it feel like for someone who can't read English? or who never learned to read? How do we make sure that we're easing the entry points for as many groups as we possibly can? And then after that, you give people food and a place to sit and talk, and community blooms. And we create community around the community table that you mentioned, but we also have our prep table in the kitchen. And the other place we create community is while we're chopping vegetables and washing dishes and doing the work of a restaurant. When you're working alongside someone, you have no idea what their story is. They might be experiencing active homelessness. They might be on a work release program. They might be doing community service, or they might be a millionaire. And they're all just back there chopping vegetables and chatting about their life. And it does break down those preconceived ideas of who we believe is quote unquote, in need.
0: Well, Brad, I need to take one break and remind our listeners that if you're just joining us, you are tuned into Food Sleuth Radio. And we are speaking today with Mr. Brad Rubendale. He is the CEO of So All May Eat. And that S-A-M-E Cafe has locations in Denver and Toledo, Ohio. They are looking to grow their model. You can go online. You can see the cafe in Denver, it is beautiful. Wooden tables, warm environment, very welcoming. And being a dietitian, Brad, of course, I went to the menu, and I can't find any fault with it, which is saying a lot because That's I can find a lot.
1: For a <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. It's a beautiful menu. There was one story that you have on your website also of a woman who was staying in a homeless shelter. And she said, Yeah, they give us one of those bars for breakfast and a burrito for dinner, and she can't eat that. Mm-hmm. And this good food makes people feel better. And when you start eating good food, you realize just how good it does make you feel. And so many institutions have what we call ultra-processed food. And it not only wrecks our physical health, but it makes us feel bad mentally. So you've got a lot of vegetables mm-hmm. and so many individuals who are homeless or who are struggling, they will say that they can't get dental care.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So many of the dishes are cooked. You've got soup. Some foods, though, I'm thinking might be a problem for people who need dental care. Do you have a resource hub also at the cafe?
1: Absolutely. And one of the interesting things of SAME is that we're first and foremost a restaurant and we keep it that way, even though we're structured as a nonprofit. And a lot of nonprofits are very resource forward. And you walk in and there's all the resources for a person. We want to make it feel like a restaurant. So we created a little wall that's over by the bathrooms in Denver and over on the side in Toledo, which is our resource wall. And it's where we can put contact information from different resources around the communities that we're in. And then also all of our staff is trained to do this initial guidance towards where people can get help. We don't require them to share their story with us. We don't have an intake process, but we do have the options for when they need it. And we'll have our staff sometimes we'll sit down and call 211 with someone and they'll actually be able to get them resources there on the spot. So it's important that they're available, but not pushed in someone's face when they walk in, because we have guests regularly that say they love that. same is one of the few places where they can forget that they're homeless and just be treated like a person. And so we want to make sure we continue with that vibe while also providing resources where possible.
0: Mm. Now, you are a quote unquote, green restaurant. What do you mean by that?
1: In Denver, there's a program called Certifiably Green, which means you have to meet certain minimums and then every year add something to be greener, essentially. So remove some element of waste or lower your carbon footprint or increase your recycling or composting, something along those lines. So we are certified green in Denver. And then there's a green leaf program in Toledo that we're a part of as well. What it means for us, though, is usually we out pace all of those standards. We often will have just a small bag of trash that goes into the dumpster at the end of the night and the rest is all recycled or composted. We get 90% of our produce donated from local farms and gardens and we try to use everything from leaves to stems, skins, everything. So we start by processing it down and then doing the stems and ends into a stock for soups. And then we'll whatever we can't extract any more nutritional value from will go into compost. So we try to avoid the landfill at all possible options. We also have all compostable disposables, both in our outreach program and in the restaurant. And we do everything we can to reduce waste. So we provide a tasting of anything that's on the menu. So you make sure you like it before you get a full serving of it. And we encourage people to come back for more. But because we're such a vegetable-centered organization, we often will have people that are unsure about a particular thing. And so we want them to taste it. We want them to learn to be excited about tasting new things. But sometimes it takes a minute and they need to trust the kitchen that it's going to be delicious. So all of that together means that we have very little waste. We try to reduce our carbon footprint as much as possible and also use what the earth has provided for us to really provide nutrient-dense meals for every guest.
0: Mm. Also, there was an interesting discussion on your website about food safety, and you bring forth a really important point, and that is, it's horrible to have a foodborne illness when you have a home and a toilet you can get to whenever you need it. But you described when you're homeless and you've got a foodborne illness and there isn't a safe place to go and relieve yourself. You spoke about how important food safety is and how incredibly clean Your kitchen is, I believe there was a Department of Health inspector who said your kitchen was a model in terms of its safety practices.
1: Yes. It's really important that we not just have the minimum health and safety standards, but that we have the best possible health and safety standards because we're serving a vulnerable population. Most of our guests are experiencing food insecurity, which means they probably don't have a job or may not have health insurance. They may not have access to adequate health care or housing or toilets. And it can be dangerous for them to experience what would be for us a minor inconvenience. If you're housed, and so we want to make sure that there's no chance that they could ever get sick from anything that's happening at same cafe.
0: Mm-hmm. Now you've discussed the trauma informed considerations, which I think is another aha moment for many of us who might not have thought about how our environment might be contributing or not to a trauma. You describe the model as one that provides mutual aid. What do you mean by that?
1: The mutual aid model is where we're working with people to create solutions. And it helps that our mission is creating community because that's everybody. Every one of us is in need of community and connection. And connected people do good for themselves in the world, and disconnected people damage themselves and others. And so we want to create connections first and foremost. So with mutual aid, the idea isn't that we are there to provide a service to help these poor, sad people. We are all providing what is at our fingertips to be able to make the mission work. So someone experiencing homelessness that's volunteering in the kitchen is just as integral a part of the community as me, who's the CEO, and I can't cook, you know, I don't do most of the other parts of the job, but I can get people excited about what we're doing. And I think all of us together are able to create a really beautiful community. And that's mutual aid. We don't see our guests as recipients of service. All of us are recipients of community and all of us are donors. And in fact, if you're walking into the same cafe and you talk to some people, it's really unique because most people will say, I love same because this is a place where I get to give back to my community. And it's not just people that have means and are stable that want to give back to the community. Everyone has that impulse. We just provide an opportunity for those experiencing homelessness, food insecurity, and challenges to also give back to their community.
0: Right. I couldn't agree more. I've often thought that the expansion of farmer's markets, one of the reasons why they're so successful, in addition to the fact that you can have really great fresh food, is that we're really hungry for connection. We just don't realize how much of that connection we've lost because the way our society has evolved.
1: Absolutely. Loneliness pandemic is what I've heard bandied about. And I think it's so true. Everyone is a little lonely and some of us are a lot lonely. And so finding a place where we can find connection and resource and especially around food that's good, it tastes good and it's good for you. It's a magical place.
0: Yeah, And I love that it's a national model and that you've expanded beyond Denver into Toledo. You are looking at library spaces and that's the model that you've got set up in Toledo. Why libraries?
1: Largely because I'm a nerd. I grew up going to the library every week getting 14 books because that was the limit and then bringing them back the next week and getting 14 more. So I love libraries. I also love architecture and design. When I'm in a city, I always have to go to the library. And one of the things that I started to notice is many downtown libraries, especially have a lot of people experiencing challenges. And many of them also have underutilized cafe spaces because libraries want to have food service, but they aren't experts in it. And so they'll incentivize an outside operator, but it's really challenging for a for-profit business to stay profitable in a downtown library because they need revenue for their food. So they may charge $15 for a sandwich that was made offsite. And that becomes inaccessible to most of the people that are in there every day. So for me, there's a natural connection again with this mutual aid model SAMe can solve a problem for a library, which is looking for food service, food service that's available to everybody who's in the space, job training. All of those are things that are now happening at libraries. And we can potentially convert their library cafe space into a SAMe cafe and solve six problems for the library and reduce the overhead of SAMe while being in a downtown area that is a hub of people that are in need and people that love the mission. So for us, a library is just a natural fit. We piloted it in Toledo. People would ask me, why did you go from Denver to Toledo, Ohio? And usually my answer is they have an amazing library. Now there's also a lot of incredible people there. There's a great urban agricultural scene, but their library system is well known around the country as being one of the best. And so when we were able to make it work there, it has opened doors around the country in library systems. So we're actively in conversations with about six different libraries around the country to see about the possibility of replicating in them. Mm.
0: I wish you a lot of luck with that. You know, libraries are also beautiful. And that was one of the stories that was shared on the website. One of the participants had commented, it was so touching. She said, you must really love us because it's so beautiful here.
1: Mm. I cried. Yeah. Genuinely, I think that we can show our love for each other by having a beautiful space, having beautiful food, and then kindness. And so all of that together creates something really magical and space matters.
0: Yeah. Brad, we just have a couple of minutes and I want to make sure that you have a chance to let our listeners know anything you want about the same cafe and the same model.
1: Well, the first thing is, is if you're near Denver or Toledo, come by and see us have a meal genuinely it's for everyone and i'll tell you a quick story i was having lunch with a potential donor and they came to same cafe and they were like this is really good food and I, i've lost track of how many times people will tell me how good the food is as if i'm surprised and i'm like yeah that's our mission our food is for everyone it's not just for people that are experiencing challenges and so i think one is go to a same cafe if you can get there the second is is if you live in a community that could benefit from a same cafe reach out to me i would love to talk with you about how we could maybe make that happen especially if you have a library that would be on board with it and especially if that library has an empty cafe space the second thing i want to just throw out there is is we've created an intro to same cafe at courses.soallmayeat.org and it's got a lot of what you mentioned here, just a broad overview of our history, our model, what makes us unique, why we're not pay what you can, and some of the real deep values that guide everything that we do. And I'll end with a very quick story. When I first started, there was a a woman who worked in the cafe. She's quite wealthy and she would volunteer in the cafe when she was in town. And we had a refrigerator that went down and we were going to buy a used one. And she said, no, 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 I'll just buy you a new one. The other one will go down too quickly. And we were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. She spent about $4,000 on that refrigerator. And we were like, thank you so much. And that same week, there was a young man who was living in the alleyway behind same. And we called him our neighbor, and he would come in every day and wash the windows for his meal. And I remember watching as the front desk person went up and said, your time is up. You're welcome to leave. And he was like, no, 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 I'm staying until these are perfect, because this is my community too. And I thought, what a beautiful thing that we're in a place where people with wealth and people that are experiencing homelessness can both give out of their excess. They both have more to give to this community, and it made me fall in love all over with this organization.
0: Well, we've got to close. I want to thank our listeners for joining us. Remind everyone that Food Sleuth Radio is produced by Dan Hemelgarn for KOPN in Columbia, Missouri. But most of all, I want to thank Mr. Brad Rubendale, CEO of So All May Eat and the same cafe with locations thus far in Denver, Colorado and Toledo, Ohio. The website www.soallmayeat.org will be provided in the show notes as well. Brad, I just want to thank you for making the world a brighter place.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was a true delight.